dumb. What's the matter with you? You're in the papers, you're famous. You're famous, you get anything you want. And that's what's so great about New York. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Black Case Diaries. We are three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching others in the process. I'm Robin. I'm Adam. And I'm Marcy. Yay! (laughs) So this month we've been doing June tunes, as you know. And so far this month we've rocked out with the Blues Brothers, learned about John Williams, and ranked some Disney villain songs. This week we're closing out June tunes with an episode not so much about music, but more about dancing. Yes. Some unfamiliar territory for us. A little bit. Yeah. Today we're taking a look at the career of choreographer turned director Kenny Ortega. Whoa. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Yeah. What a cool guy, sounds like. (laughs) Kenny Ortega is responsible for some of the most iconic dance scenes of the 80s, from the lift and dirty dancing to Ducky's moves in Pretty in Pink. He went on to direct some Disney cult classics that will be remembered for generations. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and some other ones that I don't know if they'd call them cult classics. <laughs> or maybe even classics at all. Maybe, yeah. Just <laughs> maybe mainstream not. popular movies. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about him and mm-hmm. some of the things that he did in the past. And then we're going to talk about some things that he did so in the not-so-far past. Mm-hmm. Some, some or, recent stuff. Yeah. And uh, some of them we actually watched recently, too, so we're going to discuss those a little bit. Fresh on the mind. Fresh, fresh on the mind. That's right. So the first movie that he choreographed was The Rose from Mm. 1979. Yeah, cute little, I believe Bette Midler was in this one. Yes, do you guys remember the song? Yes. It's actually in Napoleon Dynamite. He, he He does the sign language to it. That's so cool. Cool. It was his first chance to choreograph a movie, and since it was his first movie, he was appointed as the assistant choreographer. Yeah. Nice. Gotta start somewhere, yeah. guys. Yeah, got his foot in the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so next, he went on to do Xanadu in 1980, and he had been a longtime fan of Gene Kelly. Although this Xanadu did not do well in theaters or even by critics' reviews. It did not Xanadu well. It did not. (laughs) Thank you. You would never guess that by the way Kenny speaks about it. He remembers Gene Kelly and he says, He mentored me and when the movie was over, he continued to. He would invite me to his home and we would look at his films together and he would talk to me about how he designed choreography for the camera, which was the greatest education I had received up until that point. That's incredible. That is yeah. pretty cool. Gene Kelly was a great dancer and mm. if you're unfamiliar, he was in Singing in the Rain and, and American in Paris and just a classic movie star. And uh, he dances in Xanadu and as, even as an older man. And he does wow. a great job. Yeah. My and I just, gosh. watching it, I imagined Kenny Ortega, like, telling him what to do. <laughs> how weird that would be. And in the movie, too, he has a relationship with a younger guy. They're kind of, like, partners or kind of friends. Okay. And he takes him back to his house, and they just listen to records. It's like, 
they're just it's just kind of this cute friendship where they're Aww. you know they listen to stuff and he mentors him and it's, it sounds like very similar to what he actually did in real life <laughs> nice. with kenny ortega yeah in the movie he was in a big band and he kind of mentors him about music that's really cool he actually said gene kelly really taught him about the difference between stage dancing versus like movie dancing and how how that really helped him continue his career yeah Hmm. cool yeah i wonder i wonder how easy the transition is if you like if you started on broadway or something like that and then you try to do a movie or vice versa Next, we have St. Elmo's Fire from 1985, which is about a group of recent college graduates embarking on a series of misadventures in the real world. Together, they grapple with adulthood. Ooh, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ortega was brought onto the set of the Brat Pack drama to make Rob Lowe look convincing as a saxophone-playing rocker. He said, I worked with Rob and the band, helping them to get into the physical side of their roles. Yeah. Nice. You got to you gotta play the part because every rock and roll show you go to is like, I mean, they're jamming yeah. out, <laughs> right? They so have the attitude, yeah, the you clothes. Can't, the... You can't just right. stand there and play the instrument. That's boring. Up to this point, he's kind of fringe. You know, he's kind of, he's still there. He's kind of doing some stuff and popping in and out and everywhere, you know, starting to work into the things that are bridging on iconic. Mm -hmm. So the next one he did was Pretty in Pink, a little known film by a lesser known director, John Hughes. (laughs) Who's that guy? Yeah. Hughes, that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Andy is an outcast at her Chicago high school. When one of the rich and popular kids at school, Blaine, asks her out, it seems too good to be true. As Andy starts falling for Blaine, she begins to realize that dating someone from a different social sphere is not easy. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah I mean. We've all dated the popular kids. <laughs> none of us. None of us have ever done that. So the role of Ducky is honestly an iconic piece of 80s americana all by itself Mm -hmm. and there's a scene in the movie where he dances yeah he comes to the record store and john crier played ducky and he has a spontaneous dance scene and it was partly choreographed by kenny ortega but partly not (laughs) because i mean it, it it does look like he made it up on the spot yeah you know yeah but I, I imagine when they're filming a movie, like, well, you can't make it all up. Yeah, yeah this make is sure one, it works. This is one of those one of those clips that they include in the '80s montage on the VHS. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ortega said it was sort of put together after a spontaneous workshop that we did right in that record shop. I went in there in advance and played with some ideas, and Jonathan really took to them and was such a good sport and such a great collaborator and brought his incredible personality. Ducky times 10. It wasn't traditionally choreographed. I showed him some things and he took hold of it. That was born of the moment. That's it's pretty cool. I imagine he kind of is like, oh, you can kind of lean up against the records and, yeah, you know, like, oh, can... dance on this a little, you know, yeah. kind of giving him a direction of which way to go and so that the camera knows where he's going to be or, yeah. you know. <laughs> but then after that, it's just like kind of wing it. Feel yeah. it. Feel the music. Feel, feel it. Feel yeah. the music. 
the next one here from 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, classic. <sighs> what? <laughs> when Ferris Bueller played hooky, he went big. And the biggest, most over-the-top moment comes from when he takes when he takes over the annual Von Steuben Day Parade in the streets. First lip-syncing to Dankeschön, and then going going all out with the Beatles song that we all know and love. <laughs> At least for me, throughout this movie, it's kind of like these movies kind of frustrate me a little bit. <laughs> just like things are going wrong all the time. It's just like, ah, when's it, you know. You side with Cameron. A little bit. <laughs> You're yeah. a Cameron sympathizer. Oh my gosh, he is a Cameron. Oops, oh no. Yeah, he oh my is. Gosh. He is know. for sure. I mean, I can't forgive him for driving a, that Ferrari at the window. I, mean, <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> But after Hughes worked with Ortega on Pretty in Pink, he called him again, and this time not to only choreograph the parade performance, but to direct that part as well, which is pretty yeah. cool. It's just dabbling in the directing yeah. scene. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, but this scene isn't just Ferris dancing on the parade float. There is a whole scene on the steps with probably about 50 people, mm-hmm. and they're all doing a choreographed dance together coming up the steps it's a pretty big scene. Mm-hmm. But he said, this scene was all John's idea. And then he gave me a lot of freedom in how I approach it and how I build it. He wanted Ferris to take over the streets of Chicago. We pre-shot some of the elements of that number, but we moved the float right into a real existing parade. So we had 10 to 12 cameras on it and we had one shot to get it right. That's if i remember correctly i think that it was sort of matthew's introduction to dance i don't think he'd ever done musical performance in film before and now look at him Uh, yeah that's great because now he's a broadway star yeah he's all over the place matthew broderick that's right it's hilarious i i can't imagine filming like this at a real parade and just like how hectic that must have been and just not, all, all of the crew, I imagine, were like, they hear that and they're like, what? Yeah. What? But how? <laughs> like, oh, man, that's, I. they nailed it, I guess. They got it right, but yeah. oof, that must have been a heck of a, a day. I remember being a little kid and watching this scene mm-hmm. and just being so excited about it. It was so fun to dance to the scene and just, it was like my favorite part of the movie. So our next one is Dirty Dancing from 1987. Everyone might remember some of the more famous scenes in this movie, but the lake scene where Patrick Swayze's character first lifts Jennifer Grey was actually pretty tricky due to frigid lake temperatures that it actually put Grey in the hospital for hypothermia. Oh my goodness. Yeah, pretty serious there. But Kenny was, he's so dedicated to his craft that he wasn't afraid to wait out there in that freezing water with them. So he didn't just put them in the water and be like, hey, you do this. I'll be off on land where it's nice and yeah, warm. I'll just be in my trailer. <laughs> okay, I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> I'll have a nice megaphone. Well, that's pretty good. It it's, kind of gives you the idea that he wouldn't make anyone do anything that he wouldn't do himself you know yeah that, that's something that's nice in a, in a yeah it really says a lot about him and the influences for the dancing in this movie came from a lot of different places street salsa colombian style salsa cuban rhythm step 
R&B and street soul. And he thought of dirty dancing as soul dancing, but with a partner. He based the moves on the original dancing of the early 60s. Very nice. Yeah, which is what when the movie takes place. Right, so it fits. It makes mm-hmm. sense. It's nice. Yeah. He catered to specific people and would have them move in ways that complemented their own styles. He hoped that dirty dancing would inspire people to go out and dance. Patrick Swayze himself thought that the dancing would blow audiences away. And it did. It really did. It did. Whenever you talk about dancing movies, this, not, uh, this is like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) top, top one, right? (laughs) Top dog. I was like, it's, it's not, it's better than top five. It's better than top three. I mean, it's just the top one, really. Yeah. I mean, it has dancing in the title. Yeah. (laughs) You can't, you can't miss it. What he did achieve with Dirty Dancing was an iconic film moment recreated in films and TVs for generations to come. The beloved film is considered to be a cult classic, and Kenny Ortega helped it gain that status. Absolutely. Yeah. It, I mean, The Lift is one of... That's a movie moment that everybody recognizes. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think it's in Crazy, Crazy Stupid Love. It is, yeah. It's, there's an episode of The Goldbergs about it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's this move that... People really, I mean, Dirty Dancing's reference to New Girl. I mean, it's yeah. everywhere. It's all yeah. over the place. Do you cannot escape too. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's just one of those big moments that mm-hmm. audiences were really blown away. They didn't see it coming. Yeah. And yeah. You're talking about um, pretty, the Pretty in Pink scene getting into all the montages. I mean, shoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that movie gets into more than just 80s montages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something that was really special. Mm-hmm. In 1988, we also had Salsa. (laughs) This one is about Robbie Rosa, and he is by day an auto mechanic, but by nights is drawn to the dance floor. He believes the title of Salsa King at the nightclub La Luna belongs to him, and he proceeds to practice with three women in order to win that contest. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. In this movie, Kenny was not only the choreographer, but the associate producer. It was a grueling job, but he wanted to be able to have more control over this movie than, for example, Dirty Dancing, like we talked before. Like, maybe he's like, well, I don't know, I'll choreograph it, but I'm not doing lakes again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing freezing cold lakes. The album contained music by Tito Puente and Mongo Santa Maria, Michael Cimbello, and Miami Sound Machine, Celia Cruz, and Charlie Palmieri. It was a beautiful merging of old and new music that Kenny was happy to be the executive producer for. That sounds pretty, pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen this one either, but that sounds very fun to listen to yeah not, not not just watching it but like just listen to it <laughs> i did watch some of this movie i didn't get through all of it yet but it is the dancing is very fun it looks yeah. really really it's, cool the plot sounds similar to saturday night fever oh yeah mm, yeah yeah and while Kenny admits that the writing is not the best in this movie, <laughs> what? he feels that the music and the movement really give the characters depth as people. And he's right. There is, like, not much of a plot. <laughs> it's not, not very great. 
on the writing, but it is, yeah, you feel it it's because of the dancing. Anyway. And, yeah, yeah, it is. Since this is all about salsa, Kenny wanted passion in their dancing. He said, like me, these young men and women are using dancing to flee the things in their cultures that they don't like. But they also love their families and their culture, too. That great contradiction makes me want fire from my dancers. All right. Yeah. Use, use that fire. Use that fire. <laughs> use that passion. Use it. <laughs> yeah. He said, he's like, the dancing is sexy. It just, it just is. And yeah. use it. Mm-hmm. He was actually given an award from the Nosotros organization because of it. That's Aww. cool. So. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And our next one is Shag from 1989. And this is a coming of age story that revolves around four young women who want a final adventure together after high school before going their separate ways in life. Shag, which is not in reference to a haircut or carpeting. It's actually a reference to a 60s cut the rug southern dance craze. Aha. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And it was called the Carolina Shag, and it's rightfully displayed within the movie. And Scott Coffey, one of the actors said that they practiced for three weeks, six hours a day, and six days a week for that final contest scene. Lark, man. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's too much dancing. <laughs> these, these dance scenes, they take work, man. I yeah. mean, you wouldn't I think mean... it. but <laughs> Yeah, everything, when it's done, it looks so seamless. You don't even think about it when yeah, you're watching it. Yeah, that's true. No. Yeah. Okay, so... <clears throat> Prepa- buckle up. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, Robin's been like, let's get through these first ones. That's, we enough, need to... that's enough for the 80s to get them out of here. Yeah, like, what is it? Almost. Been waiting three seasons at least. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, he started to direct movies. Yay! Yes. And so his directorial debut was Newsies Whoa. in Yay! 1992. Yes. It's all right. Don't you dare. <laughs> I'm sorry. Newsies is a movie musical starring Christian Bale, David Moscow, Luke Edwards, Max Casella, and Bill Pullman. It's loosely based on the Newsboy strike of 1899. The songs were composed by Alan Menken and lyrics by Jack Feldman. Ortega counts working with Alan Menken as one of his fondest memories. He said that Menken came in with an open mind and heart. Yep. And this would have been in 1992. So this is him coming off... Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Riding a high horse right he, now. Yeah, yeah. And he came in like, oh, no, sure. I'll, I'll write the music for this live action Disney movie, which will end up being one of the biggest flops in Disney history. Sure. <sighs> <laughs> Since Newsy was his directing debut, it was also the gateway to his next film that he directed, which we'll talk about in a minute. Oh, no spoilers here. Yeah. Yeah. He put the actors through two months of intense musical boot camp. They sang, danced, did gymnastics, martial arts, and spoke in New York dialects. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a lot. That's great. I <laughs> would love to just be part of that. <laughs> <laughs> the accents part only. <laughs> Not the dancing. I don't mean, none of that. <laughs> but just ha- being forced to talk in an accent all yeah. the time. Would I be used so to funny. sing along to all this with an accent. Right? Oh, yeah? Because there's, yeah. a si- there's a p- one song where they say poifict. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I always remember the guy who's like, if you're in the papes, you're famous. You're famous, <laughs> yeah. 
In order to bond, the young actors pranked Kenny with anything from squirt guns to filling his trailer with newspapers. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Got oh, him. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's reported that Kenny's old mentor, Gene Kelly, stopped by and complimented the progress the young actors were making in their dancing. That's so sweet. Wow, that's cool. Kenny became really good at shaping young stars that had no dancing or singing background. For Newsies, he had to convince the young Christian Bale to star as Jack Kelly. After seeing Bale in Empire of the Sun, Kenny felt that he would be perfect for the role, even with no musical theater experience. Empire of the Sun was scored by John Williams. I just wanted to say that. Whoa. Yeah. Again, bringing it all together. <laughs> it's, all, it's all coming together. <laughs> Although it took a lot of convincing and training, Bale did a stellar job. Kenny Ortega has a way of seeing the talent in people and bringing it out to the forefront. He would do this again for the Descendants movies. He was impressed with how Bale threw himself into the role and made Jack Kelly come to life. He says Newsies is one of the greatest experiences of his career. Wow. Okay, the movie Newsies changed my life. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> no, yeah. I believe it. I, I was 12 years old when I watched Newsies for the first time. And I, my sister, my sister found it because I loved one of the songs from it. She figured out where it was from. We had recently gotten the internet. And, <laughs> and so, you know, we we were able to figure all that stuff out and she got the movie out of the library and I was obsessed. I watched it every day for like mm -hmm. 14 days. I spent the entire summer on the computer researching newsies. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I discovered IMDB. It's how I figured <laughs> yep. out. I mean, it was the first research that I'd ever done for, <laughs> I found the real story. I watched all the behind the scenes stuff. I watched the documentaries. Mm -hmm. My goodness. She got a newsies hat. So I, I did. This podcast happened because of, Newsies. Yes. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Because that was where I started to research things. And I remember I learned, I didn't just learn about the movie. I learned about the newsboy strike. Mm -hmm. I learned about the differences. I learned about people that were in it. I was a newsboy for Halloween. <laughs> yep. We're lucky she still doesn't have a Boston or New York accent oh, right now. I kind of, I mean, I kind of wish. I mean, every once in a while she lets it slip. Oh. Because I watched so much Newsies. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny Ortega, yeah. for Newsies, because you know what? If you like this podcast, you should also be thankful for Newsies. There yeah. you go. So yeah. thanks, Kenny. You're yeah. a cool guy. I yeah. think about it every time I do research for an episode. I think about how I spent an entire summer. I annoyed the shit out of my sisters. <sighs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so after that. <laughs> yes. Come bring it down a little. <laughs> cool it off. Yeah. I think more people will be excited about this one. <laughs> Yeah, probably. They shouldn't yes. be, though, because yeah. Newsies is just a bomb. Yeah, yeah, Newsies totally flopped, but it became mm -hmm. kind of a cult classic. And then they made a Broadway musical. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, when you showed it to me for the first time, I was kind of surprised. I was like, this is a flop? Really? Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. great. Yeah. And it's, it's a good story. Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah. The songs, songs are really are, good. Yeah, yeah amazing. Like, there are some songs that aren't so good. I know. but I mean, every movie. Right? But, I mean, yeah. I don't know. The score is really good, and some of the song. I mean, I love "Seize the Day." It's the best song in the whole mm -hmm. thing. Anyway, <laughs> so the next movie was "Hocus Pocus" Whoa. in 1993. We'll just uh, skip over this one. You can go back and listen to our other yeah. episode about it. We did a full episode about "Hocus Pocus" <laughs> back in yeah. October. This was Kenny Ortega's second film. 
Since he started in the industry as a dancer and choreographer, he wanted there to be a fluidity in the movie. He choreographed the musical number, but also just the regular scenes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you think about the score in the background and how the witches walk uh-huh. together. That, yeah, now that you say that, it totally makes sense that it would be choreographed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bette Midler pointed out that she had never acted as part of a trio before and liked that she felt as if she was part of a unit instead of a single actor. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. When Kenny Ortega first thought of putting a musical number in the movie, David Kirshner who was the creator and producer of the film, did not like the idea. He had the thought that it would ruin the movie and said that, quote, this is a movie that puts you on the edge of your seat and you're going to stop it for a musical number? And yet, he said, I'm a billion percent wrong. I love seeing how wrong I was about it. Yeah, you fool. (laughs) Because it's great. (laughs) You, I gotta I mean, I don't know how many times we have to say this. You cannot have Bette Midler in a movie. Yeah. And not give her one scene where she sings a song. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Ortega said of having Bette Midler in the film, it's the most fun that you could possibly imagine. And that's why I said yes before I even read the script. (laughs) Heck yeah. Yes. He also said that he tended to stay out of the way, which he believed was the best thing to do when you work with such talented people. I mm-hmm. I believe that. I mean, mm-hmm. similarly to what we said before about his mentor, it's like, you know, it's how would how could you coach somebody that you have so much respect yeah. for? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, they obviously know what they're doing. Right, I don't need right. to tell mm-hmm. this person what to do. Yeah, and, I mean, and the and I don't. Yeah, just. I, I think it's cool that he's willing to step back and just kind of let people do their thing and mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. what happens. And, you know, he said that these women were like the triple crown of actresses. Yeah. And, oh, wow. you know, just he would make sure that he knew where the camera was going and they knew where the camera was. But sometimes he just kind of let them go <laughs> and just let them do things because, you know, they, they were so talented. Yeah, you know? they're good. Yeah. And dang, it's a good, good movie. It is. Hocus Pocus is a great movie. Also was not much of a commercial success when it came yeah, out. Unfortunately, it was not. Yeah. Another mm-hmm. one that you had to show me, Robin. And then oh, was, really? Yeah. Oh. And, and it's just once I saw it, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> what? Why? Yeah. Why the hate? This is one that showed on the Disney Channel a lot when we were mm-hmm. kids. And I think that's where that's where the pe- people, like, I got a new wave of fans yeah. watching yeah, it as yeah. kids growing up. On, cause that's how I saw it. Hocus Pocus is, that's like a, that would be like a career-defining job. Yeah, you yeah. Think. Honestly. Yeah. Because it's so, so big. At the time, maybe not. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's cool. He doesn't make these really awarded lauded movies he makes things that people love mm-hmm. and obsess over and kind of, in, in my case newsies mm-hmm. and it just connects with the audience yeah. on a different level where yeah people will just keep that movie in their mind forever right and they're always remembering parts from it they're always relating to it rather than just like oh yeah i've made a zillion dollars yeah I think that there's probably at least one Kenny Ortega movie for everybody. You might not like all of them, but there's probably like one, Mm -hmm. at least, Mm -hmm. that you might enjoy. Which one is yours, Robin? Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's High School Musical. Okay, guys. Are you ready? 
As will ever be. Yeah, right? exactly. Oh, we did a movie, a solid, we did one episode about Hocus Pocus. And maybe one day we'll do one episode about Newsies, please. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, my yeah, gosh, guys. It oh, it'll be three hours long. And <laughs> yeah, we'll just chill. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, okay, so, so far we got Jurassic Park for Adam, Newsies <laughs> for Robin. I'm telling you. I could talk, yeah. So it would it would be kind of fun because you and I would be like listening to the podcast yeah. live because it would be just <laughs> right. Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. So, and maybe one day we'll do one episode about this trilogy of movies. Maybe, maybe, maybe. High School Musical. So mm. I'm going to take you guys back to a time, uh, 2006. Back to 2006. We were uh, young kids. Me and Marcy were in a new school. And I was obsessed with Newsies. And I came into the school and I said, everybody needs to watch Newsies. I tried to get every... I brought it to sleepovers. I tried to get people to watch it. And kids were just not interested in this movie for some reason, which Mm -hmm. I never understood. (laughs) (laughs) And then this came out. And... (laughs) I went to a sleepover and people were watching it and I saw directed by Kenny Ortega Mm -hmm. and I lost my mind. (laughs) I was like, why is this popular? But not not. newsies. I I was so frustrated. I I was so (laughs) angry. I was like, guys, guys, it's the same guy. (laughs) No one cared. No one one cared. Yeah. Yeah. I... I can't help but think that just the fact it was on Disney Channel, like just as a Disney Channel movie, mm-hmm. it just got on right. people's TVs right. just automatically. Yeah. yeah, Disney Channel movies are generally pretty popular. Sometimes they're middle of the road. Sometimes they're kind of good. Mm-hmm. When High School Musical came out, it was like a movie on fire. It it was mm-hmm. it, it took the world by storm. Movie yeah. on fire. Oh. <laughs> it was crazy. And Marcy and I, I don't know about you, Adam, we didn't like it. Yeah, we weren't big fans. Can't say I did. <laughs> <laughs> we were, I think, one, there, we had one small class at the school, I think we were the three kids mm-hmm. that did not like High School Musical. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for us, everybody else did. Yes. Kenny Ortega began as a musical theater guy at the young age of 13 by being a professional by being in the professional touring production of Oliver as a teenager and a touring production of Hair. Oh, yeah. Nice. These beginnings led him to High School Musical in 2006. The casting process was very similar to a live musical as the actors had to have a variety of skills from basketball playing to singing and dancing. I mean, just yeah. the coolest of the cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> you have to know what you're doing to be in High School Musical. Exactly. And that's the thing, because High School Musical is an, a wonderful production of dancing yeah. and, mm-hmm. like, incredibly sure. talented people. Yeah, you yeah. can appreciate what it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Zac Efron stood out and was cast in the star-making role of Troy Bolton at the age of 16. Son wow. of a gun. I remember all the girls. Yeah. He's so high. Oh, my God. <laughs> And he wore the baggy polo. He wore the yeah. baggy polo and the and the longer hair. Yeah, that was he the was, style. He was the Justin Bieber before the Justin. Oh yeah, Bieber. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what? He was like the cooler coconut. Head. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
what it reminded me of. <laughs> oh my god! The cooler, yeah. cooler coconut head is like the best username. Oh yeah! The cooler don't, coconut. Don't head. anybody take that. It's gonna be my new PSN name. <laughs> Kenny Ortega said, "I think what Disney and the networks are doing is a return to the beginnings of what made television so special." Disney Channel, not only with High School Musical, but with the Cheetah Girls and Camp Rock, and artists like Miley Cyrus and the Jonas Brothers and Selena Gomez, and even before that with Britney, has found a young family audience that really enjoys music storytelling that can suspend their disbelief. I think adults have a little more of an issue with being able to suspend their disbelief of a story suddenly breaking into song. Yeah. Yeah. And Britney, I'm sorry, I I just said Britney, but he was talking about Britney Spears. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, I, you know, hearing that and hearing how many of those things came out kind of around the same time, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang, Disney really had a formula going. Oh, And yeah. it just, like, exploded oh, yeah. all of these people into stardom. And it's just like, yeah. dang it. Yeah. But Why, he, though? Yeah. <laughs> he also made so much sense because yeah. one of the most common thing I, things I hear is adults saying oh they're breaking into song like oh it's yeah. so unbelievable right. like why are they just breaking out into song mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know it, he's totally right kids are usually just okay with it they're right like, oh right. yeah okay now they're singing cool. right but then like they go watch like lion king or something like yeah. it's fine We're like yeah. well, why is it fine here yeah <laughs> exactly that's that's the thing i, I feel like in some musicals, it's so seamless when they break into song. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. And, and other times you go, I feel a song coming on, you know, and, <laughs> and, and you know, the song is coming. But I have I have defended <laughs> musicals and people mm-hmm. breaking into song my whole life, even yeah. when I was a kid. I defended it to adults all the time because it's not, you know, it's not always the same thing, but usually it's just a manifestation of the character's feelings. Yeah. yeah. It's just like if you're watching a play and you see a monologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Where they step aside, they're just talking out to the audience. Yeah. They're not talking to you. Like they're not talking yeah. to the audience. This is an inner monologue. This is their feelings, and so it's kind of just a. It's. I always thought it was cool that you had this extra layer of the character's thoughts, mm-hmm. because in a book, you have this ability to see what their thoughts are. Right. Yeah. You see right. thoughts and you see dialogue and you know. Yeah. And then in movies, you just kind of. You see action, and you hear dialogue, mm-hmm. and that's it. But in a musical, you get this extra layer of emotion mm-hmm. added on top because of the songs. Yeah, yeah. It, and it fits the same role as, as like, thoughts, because half the time, the people around the person singing don't notice. Yeah. You could call mm-hmm. it, like, a non-diegetic music <laughs> number, right? Nobody else mm-hmm. is hearing it, but they're they're yeah. doing it. right. The one in particular with High School Music that I always think about is the lunchroom. Yeah. You know, ah, status quo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's Oh, no. And it's just everyone joins in. But it's like, well, that wouldn't happen in my high school, right? <laughs> it's like, well, of course not. This is a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just relax, you know? Exactly. So, I, yeah. so the song Get Your Head in the Game, probably one of the most famous songs in the movie, This was one of the first songs shot with the Wildcats. It was an interesting and unique blend of sport, art, and dance. This style was continued when he explored baseball and dance in the second movie with the song I Don't Dance. Well, obviously you can, (laughs) you fool. But it reminds me of Stomp. You guys know what Stomp is? Yes. The the percussion performance peeps. 
they have a basketball bit, and it reminds me of that. It's so crazy how you have to concentrate so hard yeah. just to regular bounce a basketball, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. If if you're if you're trying to be good at it, and then turning it into also a dance, yeah, is that's crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I recently rewatched High School Musical, and I remember even when I was a kid and was kind of. It's kind of hipstery about it. Like, I don't like it, you know. Mm-hmm. I still liked the song. Mm-hmm. I liked the dance sequence because it's so interesting. Yeah. And I thought the dancing in the whole movie was good. But, yeah, that I feel like that's such a great standalone moment in the movie with the basketballs, you know, using mm-hmm. the basketballs as instruments, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. you also have their, their shoes are squeaking on the ground. And, you know, it's, it's a really, really good part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They used a combination of dancers and ball players. Both groups reported improvement in their respective fields the following year after the scene was shot. <laughs> wow. All That's right. That's cool. Yeah. So, one fun thing about Sharpay's dog in the second film, and I believe in the third film as well, mm-hmm. it's actually Kenny Ortega's dog. Oh, so cute. Yeah. cute. His name's Manly. Oh, oh Manly. <laughs> I love that. In an NPR article, Zac Efron said, Kenny is the kind of mentor and sort of friend that never shows any limits. He never lets you know your limits. So Kenny Ortega impacted a lot of the kids, and so there is a thank you video that we will link where a lot of the cast have their personal thank yous to him. Nice. That's really cool. That is sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some nice things about this movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny recounts that when the first high school musical was released to TV, it would bring opportunities for him to be given another chance to do a movie to to do a movie set for the theater. He never thought it would be high school musical three that would bring him back. Yeah. Oops, I Back guess. Back to yeah. movies. Uh. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oops, well. all berries. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, oops, all high school musical. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so the high school musical movies, I watched all three of them. You know, we actually get lots of requests on this show to cover high school musical. Yeah, mm-hmm. more than you yeah. would expect. More than anything else. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah. Yeah. You're right. And I, I think that it's a lot of people our age really like it because it was such a big part of their childhood. They enjoyed watching it. And I honestly, whether or not you like the movies, you know, they made a big impact mm-hmm. and they really touched a lot of people. Yeah. And being able to make something like that is extraordinary anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's lots of talent behind these movies mm-hmm. for sure. They're, they're interesting to watch. I love the dance scenes. I fast forward through all the slow love songs. There's way too many songs in the third one. <laughs> they get up and go to the bathroom Yeah. Song. The, there's just, ah. there's like three or four in the third one where no one dances during the song and I just Ooh, I skip right over those. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because the singing is very auto-tuned and it's mm-hmm. yeah it's very yeah he can do really special things mm-hmm. yeah with these movies and I, I i mean yeah i watched them they're entertaining i get it yeah. like i definitely understand people why people like the second one mm-hmm. it was more interesting yeah. yeah yeah and i mean props to him and all the people who worked on it obviously it was done with a lot of passion and hard work yeah i i put i don't dance on my playlist it's like the one i know but i liked it and i i liked watching the video you, for huh? it too they got me traitor 
They got me the those smooth baseball dance moves. Here's here's (laughs) the thing. All of the songs, most of the songs from all these movies are real earworms. They get into your head Mm -hmm. and they don't let go. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not, (laughs) you sing it and you know it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we we're just saying, get your head in the game. Yeah. Oh, it's back, isn't it? It's back. Yeah. There it is. (laughs) And I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't hate it, but it's yeah. It's just the way the songs are written. They Mm -hmm. did a good job on them. They were doing that on purpose. They knew the audience. That they were they were shooting for and they nailed it. So yeah, maybe it's also because I was like I can't dance, I can't dance. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was like yeah. You can't. Oh yeah, but it was definitely. <laughs> but I Corbin Blue was the one yeah, saying and it he was can't Corbin dance. Blue, and I want to say like, oh. I like I said I just rewatched all these and yeah. Corbin Blue is a star. Yeah, I I could not. I was like I could that kid is good like he was he was dancing really well i was like this is a good wow he should do more things now Mm -hmm. because we know zach efron does other stuff he's been in some other movies he did i think it was called jump in yeah it was another another decom yeah yeah he knows where he he knows where he's good yeah Yeah. he knows where to fit in so the next one we have on here is called this is it and it's from 2009 it's actually so Kenny Ortega worked with Michael Jackson on a few of his tours, such as Dangerous and His Story. He also collaborated on his This Is It tour, which actually abruptly ended, unfortunately, when Michael Jackson passed away in 2009. So, what happened was Ortega went on to direct this movie, which was actually a compilation of rehearsal footage from the This Is It tour. Wow. So yeah, I I had no idea he worked on that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, that's he, a big deal. He did music videos and things too. He did Material Girl with Madonna, <laughs> and uh, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, so he he did some other things outside of just movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very nice. Next. And really, finally, we have Descendants, and there were three Descendants movies. <laughs> yeah. The, is The way you said it is like, is this last and also least? <laughs> <laughs> like, please, um... can there be something better and bigger after this one? Maybe? I don't maybe know. 70, oh, so. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Hope, I'm hoping. Maybe it just directs. Maybe he'll get to do another, like... I don't know, just theater movie that's not... Could be a consultant. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Anything. (laughs) But if you don't know Descendants, it's about how these villains have children, and these children also live with them on this land of the lost that they've been banished to by Beauty and the Beast and all the good guys, essentially. Yeah, it's honestly horrible like uh, (laughs) no like i'm just saying what they did was really inhumane Mm -hmm. they they resurrected these villains and then banished them to this island where there was no magic yeah they're already gone and then (laughs) and then these villains had innocent children Wait, wait they brought them back just to do this yeah Yeah. (laughs) they brought them back to life just to put them on this island. And they don't say that in the movie, but that's, like, what no. happened. So, yeah. And so, these ha- they have innocent children who 
grow up in squalor. Yeah, literally squalor. Like, oh my gosh. They don't know what green plants are. Yeah, they don't know and, what daylight is. Yeah, they like, think ca- all cake has dirt and spit and yeah, stuff in it. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> wow. how... And, and so these kids grow up like this, and it's like, well, we can't take the kids away because then we're separating them from their parents... And then Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, their son, is going to be the king at the ripe old age of 16. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm going to bring four of them over to test out if the villain kids can come to school here in Aradon and be uh, and mix in with the good kids. I see. Yeah. I see where it's going. That's Descendants. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Quick question. <laughs> is the Beast still Beast? Or no, is he's he, a man now. He's mm-hmm. King Adam. He's King Adam, and he ha- but he has gets, he's got some like beastie tendencies or something. We kept yeah. his temper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So there's a couple, dif- lots of different song and dance numbers in this movie, but there's one where it's called Going Down, and it's on the ship with all these pirates, and they're just dancing and battling with swords, and it's Kenny revealed that Peter Pan was actually his favorite movie as a kid, so being able to do this musical oh. number, it was like reliving childhood for him as he, nice. as he choreographed that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. At least. Getting to do anything with your favorite movie... Whether it's like remaking it way down the line, or or just working on some kind of aspect related to something you love, that's that's cool. Yeah, you can't hate on that. Yeah, and the Descendants movies are very, very, very popular. Mm-hmm. They made a lot of people happy. And, yeah, kids you know, love them. Yeah, my niece dressed up as Mal, yeah. uh, Maleficent's oh, nice. daughter. So yeah, yeah, I can see, I can see it when you watch these. You, mm-hmm. you can see why kids like them. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually had no idea they existed. <laughs> well, now you do. <laughs> so now you can watch them. They're on now Disney. Now I do. Yeah. Go right ahead. Oh, that's yeah. Fun. Yeah, they probably are. Nothing's stopping you. <laughs> yeah, nothing's stopping you, Adam. Your will is stopping me. <laughs> <laughs> Another number called Chillin' Like a Villain was tricky because they did not have long to shoot it. The last day they were on set to film this dance number, there was actually a typhoon happening. Oh, my goodness. They did this in Vancouver, and they had to try to keep everyone calm and safe. Um, but as they were doing it, lots of dancing, like, as they were dancing, props and sets were just, like, flying away, and rain was coming <laughs> down immensely, but... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. They kept their cool. Yeah, good, good. They're good, villainous. Good thing, good thing nobody was hurt. That's craziness. Yeah. They had to cancel shooting uh, some scenes of Jurassic Park because of a, because of a hurricane. Wow. I mean, wow. I mean, technically, Typhoon and Hurricane are different, but like a bad storm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, wow, I guess that's props to them for sticking it out, I guess. Yeah. They're rotten to the core, so I mean, they could. Uh, they, <laughs> they don't take no, nothing from nobody. <laughs> Kenny made the conscious decision to have Mitchell, who plays Ben, the son of Beauty and the Beast, to not be an experienced dancer in order to give him, him an everyman charm. Yeah. And Sophia Carson, who plays Evie from Descendants, said Kenny's choreography is just out of this world. He really has stepped us up to our game. He has the he has this passion that he gives us every single day. Yeah. 
there are these great one I think one of these calling cards for these movies that he directs for Disney Channel mm-hmm. are the ending group dance scenes and they do them in at the end of all the descendant movies <laughs> and you know there's always this big dance number at the end of the movie yeah. and it's almost like a curtain call you know you watch and and they do actually they have a curtain call at the end of newsies too and so it, it's really cute how you can watch all these and you can see you know how i put these in mm-hmm. you know these curtain calls where like the characters kind of come toward the camera and then you know yes one, like, two by two or they'll come in you know groups and so I noticed that a lot with these Descendant movies. They had these big numbers, especially the last one. They yeah. had a curtain call ending. Yeah, it looked like a very formal curtain call. You could almost see like the curtains on, on the yeah. side of it because the, of the way they did yeah. it. The kids coming out holding hands and running yeah. toward the camera and stuff. And But I do think that the opening sequence of the first movie where they do dance to the mm-hmm. Rotten of the Core song, I do think it's cute. It was a cute way to introduce these actors, and they mm-hmm. were all pretty young at the time. Yeah. And then you watch the second and third movies, and their dancing it improves each time. Yeah. And uh, it's so, honestly, these kids did a great job. Yeah. And Kristen Chenoweth did a great job in yes. the first one as Maleficent. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe it yeah. when I saw her in that movie. I did not expect to see <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> yeah me neither were they still rotten to the core by the end of the oh yeah they're always rotten to the they're core they're always yeah. even when they're good they're rotten to the mm-hmm. core they're rotten to the core 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 yeah. core it don't, makes sense because you question. don't you don't change who you are for no prince right that's right yeah something, exactly something she learns that in the lines. second movie yeah she learns so yeah just so you're prepared for when you watch the second <laughs> yeah, movie I when mean, her hair goes from white to blue again wait what? <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. All right. <laughs> so Kenny Ortega has been honored a couple times. On July 24th, 2019, he was given a Hollywood Walk of Fame star by the Pantages Theater. Oh, awesome. In his speech, he honored the Young Descendants actor Cameron Boyce, who died earlier that month. So Cameron played oh. Corella DeVille's son mm-hmm. in... And I can't remember his name. Oh, Carlos. Carlos, He, he yeah. plays Corella DeVille's son, Carlos, in the Descendants movies. And he passed away shortly before the third Descendants film released. Oh, mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah. Cameron said that we can't take it with us, so it's all about what you leave. With this, I promise, Cameron, that I will carry this goodness with me in all the days of my life. Oh, man. It was very sweet. I, I feel yeah. bad for not, like, being excited about the movies. <laughs> like, oh, man, there's a lot of, like, good people behind it. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. Dang it. <laughs> he was also honored with the Disney Legends Award in 2019 alongside Bette Midler. Aha. Aww. Yeah. And uh, Marcy found this nice quote, quote of from Kenny Ortega. And I think it'd be nice to end on this and our June tunes with this kind of optimism Whoa. and excitement yeah. that Kenny Ortega seems to have and bring to the industry and make everybody happy and excited to dance, ready to move. Yes. Oh, yeah. Not everyone is blessed in this world to be given choices, but those of us that are given choices, those choices can determine, you know, who we, be- who we become, what our destiny is, and the choices that I've made have landed me in some pretty fantastic places. Places that have been fantastic enough to keep my fire burning, to keep me excited, to keep me wanting to continue doing what I've been doing for all of these years. 
<sighs> yep. Yeah. So that's Kenny Ortega, everybody. Hooray. Yay. Yeah. Do you, do you guys want to keep going for all these years podcasting? Sure. Is it a pretty yep. good place to be? <laughs> keep the fire burning. Are you happy with your decisions to bring you to this point? <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm just glad that we finally did a Kenny Ortega episode because yeah. we actually yeah. had talked about it several times. We yeah, yeah we, we, had. <laughs> we 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 actually scheduled one for last June tunes and um it got knocked back because one of our music episodes took two episodes to do. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yep. Oopsie doodle. Yes. And so we moved it and then we forgot about it and yeah. then our friends at Always the Critic podcast actually requested that we do it. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is for so you guys. You. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> and it helped us get the three descendants all in there it did dude because this episode i watched all three high school musicals i watched all three descendants movies and i watched xanadu so (laughs) it's a win knock those out and (laughs) forget them And maybe go back to watch nah, some of the dancing. I know. Right? I'm just kidding. I know. I keep I keep bragging on them, but like I said, not everybody has to like everything. They may not be mm-hmm. up my alley, but you can definitely appreciate all the work that right. went into mm-hmm. these. And I mean, it definitely it has its place. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there are people. I mean, you know, these movies made people happy. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I I do not doubt that they're popular. Yeah, and then I mean, there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, like you know, like it. He seems so positive, and he's bringing so much positive energy and happiness to these movies, and kind of spreading that to the audience. And I mean, it's a great thing that he does. Yeah, yeah. sure is, and we appreciate him for it. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Yes, we do. So I guess that's another case closed. Yeah, baby. Oh wow! Wow, I think we might have gotten it that time. Woo! That was like two episodes in a row. We just boom. <laughs> and then I'm going to mess it up next week. <laughs> Ready? No. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. You can find us. We have a website, blackcasediaries.com. Yeah, you can find a way to contact us on Twitter and Instagram, or we have an email address. Let us know how we're doing. Yeah. Leave us a review. It's cool. <laughs> yes, our blog yes. will have show notes and sources and clips and all kinds of fun little things. And if yeah. you haven't known about the blog until now, just go back and look at all the other episodes. That's yes. right. Even if you don't want to listen to us, just look at the blog. Yeah, yeah. it's got nice Take pictures. Take a minute. All the information's videos. there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. Thank you so much. Happy end of June. That's right. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Bye. We're rotten. <laughs> to, to the, the core. core. <laughs> <laughs> hey, last one over the bridge? It's a right now! <laughs>